Tootsies. Welcome. How good's this? How good's this? How good's this? Welcome, Alan. We've been chatting for a little while. It's very good. This is an episode with our best pals, Caleb and Carly Ingersoll. You guys got it? You know how to beatbox? Check, check, check. Can you drop one real quick? Caleb is Caleb's a drummer, so I feel like he could. I can play drums. He could probably can. He could probably make some <laughs> mouth sounds that sound like drums. Yeah. I mean, I know he can. Yeah. He, he has can. a. Oh, dude. Yeah. Is that a symbol? <laughs> All right. And we're live. The Ingersolls, Carly and Cable. Cable. Carly and Caleb, how in the world are you? Good. Great. Yeah. It's good to see you guys. Good to see you. God, your hair is so tight, Carly. Thank you. <laughs> it is Aww. nice. Thank you. I'm like, it constantly just peeved <laughs> about the <laughs> Whatever, way. we have like oh, the you same can get hair. Like this. Nah, dude. So I've just always want, when my hair's short like Carly's, it is just straight. Really? Yeah, so it like it has to get longer to get curly? Yeah, it kind of gets long at the ends. See, mine's opposite. The shorter it is, the curlier. And as it gets longer, it's just kind of weighed down. It's not as curly. Caleb and I are just sitting across and just looking at each other like, oh, we don't have cool, cool. hair like these guys. <laughs> I play drums. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I play drums. Jeez, why don't you talk about your hair a little more? Your two-piece suit that's matching. It's pretty cool, dude. Hmm. Um, so, to give a little background about uh, our guests today, um, Caleb and Carly, you guys uh, are what I would call like the the closest thing to like local tastemakers that Spokane kind of embodies. I always look to you guys for hmm. what is hip and what is um, what I should be on the nose because I'm just like kind of a jaded <laughs> old man now. <laughs> You know, I, I don't just really discover any new music. I'm still listening to, like, Sting's Greatest Hits record that I got in middle school. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> um, you, you, you guys, uh, I, I'm not positive what year it was. What, what year would it have been that you guys came into ownership of the Bartlett? 2013. So 2013, Caleb and Carly um, did an amazing thing, an incredibly brave um, Potentially, as they reveal in the following conversation, uh, crazy. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> no, I'm just Those are your wars, not mine. <laughs> um, but you opened a venue. You opened a music venue in town in Spokane called the Bartlett, and then just recently you upgraded. You went from the you went from the Toyota Prius to the Toyota Highlander oh. of music venues, and you opened up a uh, 450. 300. Four, 300. Uh, the Bartlett may have been more like the Hyundai Sonata. Like, it's mm. supposed to perform well, mm -hmm. but then it, the engine just stops working. That really happened to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jeez. Um, so, uh, to bring it back to center, uh, you guys opened the Hyundai Sonata of venues, <laughs> and, and now you've upgraded to the... Um, the Hyundai Genesis. <laughs> no, I think I don't well, think I want it to be a Hyundai anymore. Yeah, yeah oh, you want to switch brands? Yeah, it we will want go to, to the Toyota to a better brand of car. New make. 
What's the what what brand would you like to upgrade to? In my synopsis of your, uh, I think the Toyota one originally was fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the Toyota pre- Toyota Highlander sounds great. They're great rigs. Great rigs. Um, so is Lucky You. It's a great rig. It is a great, a great rig. Uh, just recently, Caleb, you've done a ton of work uh, in Lucky You because I'm not sure if any of the listeners are aware, but we are currently in the middle of a pandemic. What? Yep. Some places have relaxed a little bit. Other places are have not. And pan means? Pan is like several, I think. Okay. Like more than one. Yeah. Several demics. Is there a uno demic? <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is going to be a tough pod. Mo- Monodemics? <laughs> several demics. <laughs> uh, okay, let's... We are in the middle of a several demic, and... Uh, the business, every business, I think, is not every business. Amazon seems to be doing great. Yeah, um, oh, they're crushing it. But a good amount of businesses, uh, i.e., any business that requires human bodies to be in one singular place at the same time, i.e., musical concerts, restaurants, uh, ear quotes, venues, Hyundai Sonatas. Um, how are you guys feeling? How are you guys, have you landed on your feet to what has been like the. Uh, What's the situation? Fill us in. Fill us in. Uh, well, we can't do any events, basically. So no shows. No entertainment. No entertainment. Li- live entertainment be- is banned in Washington right now. Because you're not supposed to do anything that would draw a crowd. So you can't have a DJ or anything. I don't even think busking is allowed right now. I can't even go in and perform tricks for people. <laughs> I went like, in the other day. Like to get card it. tricks at the table while people Any are having tricks. a chicken sandwich? Definitely not okay. Yeah. Like swapping their food like, oh, I know you ordered a chicken sandwich, but yeah. here's Just a burger. Reach into my pocket. <laughs> yeah. I went in uh, yesterday to get myself a chicken sammy, which yeah. is okay. probably one of the best chicken sandwiches I've ever had in my so life. Good. Just so everybody that's listening knows. Um, but it was interesting because when I was there the first time, the, it, it was such a bigger space because of the 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 venue portion right. of of the space and now it's just a functional restaurant mm-hmm. it seems like so it just it, it i imagine your intention when you opened that place up was for the purpose of music mostly and food secondary or was that, is that yeah right? well we kind of got stuck in that zone like we got this building and it had a kitchen in it our original plan wasn't to do any food at all, but it had a kitchen, so we were like, well, we should probably utilize that and figure out how to make it work. And then we ended up uh, hiring a really amazing chef. So then it turned the food program into something that was like, okay, we could actually do something with this. But then we struggled Shout with... Out to Josh Grimes. Yeah. Then we struggled with marrying that concept with the open room venue concept. Mm. It never worked super well. So to be honest, now separating those two spaces, I think even for the future is going to be much more beneficial for the business as a whole because we can, the restaurant will just function the same way all the time and not be dependent on what kind of show is happening or event. And that's what we did during, when we closed, we built a wall between the space and redid the patio. Because we kind of realized like in Spokane... That type of room that's so big and open, it just, you can't fill it enough for it to make sense being that way. I think if you were in a bigger city, that could work better, but we just don't have the population to make it make sense. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah, or 
as a venue in a smaller uh, city, um, is is it? Do you think that the the population? I mean, obviously, the population is connected to the amount of people that you're going to get through the doors. But is it? I've always wondered if there's uh, if there's not enough of a medium for people to learn about shows that are happening at Lucky You or learn about cool music coming through town. Or, like, there's no there's no KEXP in town. There's no uh, mahogany sessions. Like all these kind of music tastemaker blogs. Um, the Inlander does a pretty good job of they have a they mm. have a like week this week's events section that's only only music yeah and um, so that I think people who are kind of consuming live music go to that resource and it's pretty it's pretty well updated and pretty current which is nice. We had more of that issue when we first started the Bartlett, but people have kind of at this point grabbed onto the idea that there are cool shows coming through town, so they follow us to mm. see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. the tastemakers. The tastemakers. That's what I called them at the top of the show. Me and Steve <laughs> on the same wavelength. Jules, why don't you catch up? Tastemakers. Taste, thank you. Yeah. Pound it. Oh, yes. Coming um, in late, but it still counts. Jules. Well, and then I think <laughs> once you establish that audience for a s- certain kind of corner of the live music world that we've tried to establish people know to like Facebook events. It's like the people who still are on Facebook, they follow us on our event feed. And so that's like a really easy way to know exactly what's happening. Mm. Where, where do you guys land on? I, sorry to bring the topic totally Southwest of where we're <laughs> supposed to be, but what's your take on Facebook there, Caleb? Are you in it to win it or are you out of, you just throw it away? I wish I could throw it away. Hmm. But you can't when you have to run a, a business page. You That's have true. to keep your Facebook. Yeah, you have to keep it As a business, where do you find the most uh, readily available connection with your clientele is via social media? Is it Facebook or is it... Instagram. Really? The gram is where yeah, it's at? for sure. Different audiences, though. I think we still have quite a few people um, connected to our Facebook that engage with that. It's just maybe a different age demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, me personally, I find the grammars are the more like uh, appetizers of the meal, hmm. and that the Facebook people are the uh, the entree. Hmm. Like the Facebook people, I feel like you could. You can actually get them. What is this? I don't get it. Just let me go. <laughs> go ahead. What's dessert? Let me go. Okay, okay. Dessert? Oh, dessert. I, don't I think this could be Twitter. a marketing platform that you could promote. Yeah. What you're saying maybe is that, and I think I agree, is that Facebook is people are consume, are maybe like spending more time on. Or they're just activating within Facebook. Like it seems. Right, there's nothing I can do on Facebook that's gonna f- feed my family. Right, like typically I'm utilizing right. Facebook to sell something else. I'm gonna sell tickets to a show. I'm gonna sell a meal. Right, but you can't sell that on Facebook. You have to like send them to a different platform. Right. In order to do so. Well, with uh, with, I mean, at least with Eventbrite, which is the ticket platform that we used, they had just upgraded 
a year or so ago to where you could buy you just press one button it's so and you slick. bought a ticket on a fa- like, on facebook invite it's so yeah, easy nice. it's almost too easy <laughs> it, i will say that facebook uh the when we do a show announcement with a facebook event the response we get from that event is very telling to how successful that show is going to be See, yep. there you go. So that's what I'm saying. And people don't like to be promoted to as much on Instagram. So it's like they, they like to be connected and stay in the loop. Mm. But they don't want you to... Like, we can't really post a whole lot of, like, about live music on Instagram where I could post, like, five times a day on Facebook. And, like, people are just more willing to click out, you know, because Facebook, you have more opportunities to link to stuff or tickets or whatever where instagram is more just like you're looking at this and then you're looking at the next thing right is this uh really interesting (laughs) (laughs) not at all (laughs) i haven't paid attention to one thing you guys have said (laughs) since we started listen i don't i don't think it matters um okay so you started a venue in 2013 uh caleb you 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 described earlier uh that you are a beatboxer and so you came that was my main profession before <laughs> opening this venue okay so you were a drummer like where how did you come through to, to be involved in music life story go life story okay here it is um born nice <laughs> monty and Susie. so my dad was a singer growing up um and he was a a christian touring artist mm. so he would tour around the northwest uh performing at um, different events and churches. and So I just grew up in the world of music and studios and... He every- had a studio, right? And he made jingles, too. He did Him it. and his brother made... They had a jingle business oh, no in, way. in Tri-Cities. Would we uh, recognize any of his Yeah, can you sing some? Um, there was like a... Oh, they had one that was like, Let's go for Lincoln Mercury. But it was oh. like a rip-off of... Um, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, and they got sued <laughs> for it. Oh, wait. <laughs> Cease and, I think they got Cease and uh, Yeah, yeah I think that's Take It From Down. From Neil? Wow. Yeah. I don't know. Dude, how <laughs> sweet. Man, so, that's awesome. You got a lot of time on your hands in order to be checking... Don't they have like staff lawyers specifically to do that? Probably. I, mean, I don't know. Do I'm, you have one? Do you I have, have one? a lawyer, yeah, but I guarantee they he's don't not just go around Salem like making sure people aren't. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't checking Salem organ radio waves to see if <laughs> Caleb's dad is ripping off the, the high part of unaware. <laughs> Maybe that's like, where you're losing revenue. Yeah. You could be making some serious cash, <laughs> yeah. dude. Oh okay, my I'm sorry. god, Caleb, now, keep going. Yes, sorry, Caleb. Go. Uh, and then let's see. So I just got. I started playing. Um, well, I started in choir, fifth grade. Similar time, I started playing drums. My dad was a drummer also. He had a family band when he was a kid. And then I started playing at our church, doing like worship band stuff. And then uh, started a band with my brother called mm. Cran Apple Latte. Oh, oh delightful. Yes. I'd like one of those right now. Uh, bartender! <laughs> so we were like the Latte. hot like youth group band in town. So we'd Cute. play like all the cool... Youth group events. Now, did you play drums and sing at the same time, Don Henley styles? Yes. Yes, no dude. Way. Oh, you sang too? Not lead, obviously, that. but there was, some, there was some BGVs in there. BGVs. I think that's the coolest Very thing cool. anybody Listen, can... we got a kit here in the studio, and yeah. I'm going to need to see evidence <laughs> of this, because I am aroused. <laughs> Me too. I love a singer and a drummer at the same the time. Best. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Okay. And then, um, <laughs> I don't know. Just kept playing drums, doing choir. I played trombone in junior high. 
Mm. Which was very cool. Like before it all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nice. And then uh, can you still play if we gave you one? I could do one of those like, you know that thing. Uh huh. That's about it. (laughs) You know, coincidentally enough, I've attempted to try and pick up several horns in my life. Impossible to play. So difficult. To even make a sound is so hard. Hmm. You ever done that, Jules? It's all about the armature. I always kind of wish I had I had done some training on like a woodwind or a brass instrument mm-hmm. at a younger age because I feel like it'd make me a better singer. Like mm, with breath totally. work and stuff because I, I the same thing every time I've tried, my mom played clarinet and so my brother would, and I would get her clarinet out and try to play it and I would just be like gasping. Are, are horns instruments that you guys don't know how to play but wish you could the most out of all the instruments? No. Can, you, can, can anybody here play a, a, a horn instrument? Steve, can you play a horn? Of course. Come on. What's Shut going? up. You can't play no horn. <laughs> That's how you play the trumpet. Nice. He, he's right. I don't know if my I don't know if a horn would be my choice. Hold on, do that note again. Do that note again. E flat. Nice. I always wanted to play cello growing that up. That sounds like a bugle really? player to me. But then once you play guitar, I feel like going to fretless is really hard. And hmm. I, I would just I be annoyed or impatient. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, having the notes kind of spelled out for you, just all you have right. to do is put your finger there. On the right spot, yeah, versus like sliding around, which could be cool too. I don't know. I wish I could play the drums. That would be the one, that would be the one instrument that I wish I could just sit down and kill. I do feel, because essentially every instrument, really at the end, what James Brown always said, or I mean, I guess I'm <laughs> just watching his biopic, right? <laughs> he's in rehearsal, he's like, what, what instrument is that? And the guy's got a guitar on. He's like, yeah, it's a guitar. It's a drum. <laughs> you know, like you said, everybody plays a drum, right? Like, it's all rhythm. Yeah, right? rhythm. And it's just, you're just playing uh, notes in I bet you rhythms. could pick up drums. Have you ever tried? Uh, yeah. But, um, but then, but the drums have to sit in the back, and I'm a narcissist, and I want to be up front. <laughs> well, and also, uh, the, the drummers you tend to play with are really good. Yeah, I have. So that's so like many qualified, <laughs> qualified humans to play that role. I'm that not I'm like, saying you would do it for your like main act, like Alan but Stone I could see how that could feel. That could feel really depressing to be like, I could play a beat, but then that guy's doing that, mm. and I'll never get there. I'm sure if you Is put together you an album where you just played drums a little bit and sang on top of it, money. I don't know. We could. I listen to it. Just drums simple. in your voice. Maybe some Steve Horn. Steve mouth Horn. section, yeah, a little Steve Bugle, the E flat over the top of that. <laughs> I um, I don't know. I yeah, the drums is always. I mean, I think the most versatile instrument, specifically with like digital production now, is the keyboard. If you if you can play a keyboard really well, you can play every instrument. Yeah, mm-hmm. just because of uh, virtual instruments nowadays, like a drum, you're not going to hook into a MIDI pad and like play a horn section, right? Right, or a, same with a guitar. But man, if you can. If you can rip the keyboards, then you're you're kind of set in the production world. Well, and the keyboard is known as a percussion instrument in like symphony right. orchestra, so it's both. It's like melodic and percussion. Classical yeah. piano was always mine. That's what I always wished I could do. Really? Yeah. Who are your favorite classical pianists? There's just a a few Chopin tunes that I every time I hear it, I'm like, I would love to just be able to sit at a piano and just. Mm. 
play that. Yeah, would cool. you? I feel like you would be the guy, Caleb. Like when all the families are walking through Nordstrom, being like, "I can't believe we gotta go to Lady Footwalker again." <laughs> I was just in there last week. We gotta resize the shoe. Like, are you, you? You would be the homie who just be like walking around, like no big deal, no big deal. Sit down at the grand piano that yes. they got there. Throw down <laughs> some Chopin, but only do half of it. You don't do the whole thing. You do just enough of it to to get a crowd, and then be like, "Oh, oh I was just." That whole thing. Just and then walk around. off. <laughs> That'd be hardcore. Maybe that should be your life goal, is to, to do that. Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't see a problem with that. <laughs> to kind of play off Carly's situation, I mean, like maybe have several life goals. Like, don't make that the only one. Okay. Because, okay. like, what if you accomplish it pretty quickly and then... Like, then what? It's over. <laughs> He's walking in Nordy's, play a couple tunes. I don't think like, you can learn well, how to play Chopin pretty quickly. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> There's a just difference between it, like, you right, sure, like sure. if you're just learning to play a song versus learning how to play piano. Well, yeah. That's true. Fair. That's true. It's like there's a lot of people who can just kick the shit out of some uh what's that guitar hero? Is it guitar hero? Um, oh, they can just murder that game, but you give them <laughs> a real guitar. Right. And it's like it's obviously they're completely different instruments, but I bet if you just learned, I don't know. My money is you couldn't learn it. Great. Well, you're a drummer, so I. This is coming from I took like nine years of classical piano, but like really hardcore, like Suzuki method, where it's like all about technique and like the first year, you don't really like play a song. Mm. You like just like learn how to work your fingers the right way. Oh wow! And it's all ear based up up front, but. Um, that's just my perspective is like it's that method of training is very slow moving so you wouldn't ever jump into a really like advanced piece and just try to figure out how to learn it but you're a drummer so you know how you're like using both feet and hands at different times you know so the rhythm of it would probably be easier for you do you so when did you start playing uh classical piano carly um i was probably eight did you notice that as you grew, that like you had to grow in, obviously as your hands are growing, the real estate that you can reach is growing. Did that uh, just come naturally as you were getting bigger? Like <laughs> literally your size, like you could stretch farther or was it like, I, this, you know, young kids playing basketball. Yeah. You see the young kids who are in high school who are just way too tall. They were like, I didn't think that I'd have to dribble this far, you know. <laughs> and they just they they you know the coordination is not there. They haven't really like grown into their body. Yeah, is the same thing happen with piano? I'm sure it's like. I mean, I guess I can't really recall that, but mm. I think as you learn technique, you are also learning more advanced material. Mm. So it kind of is. I guess I my my hands have always been not very big so oh, okay <laughs> now did you guys meet through music yeah so m fast forward to i i worked at a like coffee shop venue in high school which got me into like the side of like the venue and like helping out with like booking shows and like doing sound and all that stuff and so then i ended up going to school for uh recording and then my dad um, planted a church in Tri-Cities, Washington. And 
they were meeting in this like old casino building. So half of it was where the church met and then half of it was like a multi-purpose room with this big like wraparound bar thing that we made a coffee shop. So I started, I convinced my dad to for the church to just pay for bands to come in and play on the weekends. <laughs> and buy a huge sound system. Yeah. Nice. And so I just started booking bands every weekend um, to come and play. And I... Some of them were Northwest bands, but some of them were like national touring bands coming through. We had like Josh Ritter came, uh, oh, My okay. Brightest Diamond played, um, like Delta Tor- Spirit. We got some pretty cool bands to come through. I mean, not a lot of people would come to these shows, but. How many few people could you fit in said room? It was like a 300 capacity no space. Carpeted. Mm-hmm. It was very cool. It had very like that cool, cool casino carpet. <clears throat> Yes, that you see the leftover carpet from like Reno. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that. The da- downtown, the Davenport Hotel, the new one yes. has that same type. It's like, bro, which casino died? <laughs> <laughs> you bought their oh, carpet. No. Um, so okay, so you started. You started owning a venue. Yeah, and then, and then you just were like, um, I'm going to make an adult choice and open another one. Well. So Carly at that time was touring as a singer-songwriter. And so she, I booked her to play a show. and On the pretense of just she had good music or you were like, hmm, this girl looks like a <laughs> Yeah, be honest. Know. Be honest now, Caleb. You know, at that time I had a girlfriend, so. So? I thought be she was honest. a for sure. <laughs> <laughs> But also her music was fantastic, yeah. so yeah. it was a win-win. Oh, yeah, totally for everyone. I mean, she got to meet. He found me on she got MySpace. to meet me, so on that MySpace. was a win. Yeah, wow, Dude, throwback. I had a lot of friends on MySpace. I had like thousands of friends. Really, you oh, yeah. you were one of the people that was like killing it on on the game. I was. Yeah. Wow. So now, yeah, I was like, she's got pretty good stats. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's promoter speak, just in case anyone. Yeah, MySpace I remember. Stats. I remember MySpace days when you would like produce a new tune and then you you could only have five songs at a time right. on the player so you'd have to get rid of one but right. then you would lose the stats on that one lose the stats like, on it uh, like i just want to switch it, the file why can't i do i don't i want to keep the same stats it wasn't about uh followers back then as it was about like views right plays plays, plays yeah. on the song yeah. and having it was friends because people would have to accept because you had to be friends, uh, so you, they would have to request friendship. And you were doing or well. like, um, Brett Height. Uh-huh, you, I remember you Brett guys Height. Know shout Brett. out, dude! Shout, shout out, out Brett, Brett. handsomest boy, Brett. handsomest boy in Spokane <laughs> music scene Pacific of Northwestern. <laughs> so I met Brett pure. at the Old Empyrean <laughs> during my singer-songwriter touring days, and you know, MySpace was all I had. Like I yep. booked all my shows through MySpace. I promoted my music through MySpace. Like it was everything. And so we were like talking about MySpace because he was like doing the thing, playing the at the sororities and WSU yeah. and stuff, and Just getting <laughs> girls to swoon over him. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, oh, you got to check out this thing. I honestly can't remember what it was called, but it was like this, this like um, software that you download to your computer oh, yeah. and connect your MySpace, and it oh, would yeah. like get fake friends. You could you could do like a thousand new friends a day or hunt, request a hundred new friends a day. It would automatically do it for you. Yeah. And I don't know if it like faked your plays or something too, but I was like, whoa, that's so cool. I totally did that with my high school bands. 
MySpace. Really? Oh yeah. What do you but think? I mean, bot, those play, bot. Yeah, it's essentially uh-huh. like a bot. Like yeah. you would ima- you you would think that that still happens, right? I'm sure, doesn't oh, yeah. it? With For do sure. you think that Spotify has that? I mean, I, I can't. Im- <gasps> I don't know. I've never thought of that. Well, no there, idea. I never. I never saw the point of it. My is, point. My thought was like, I don't know if anybody's. If you get a gig based upon your stats, and then you go play somewhere, and you don't bring hard bodies helpful. into no, the, it's you just not helpful. You, you, as a promoter. Now, granted, I'm not in your guys' seat, but if I booked somebody based upon the numbers that they had on the internet and then you brought them to your venue and they sold three tickets although that happens too especially in spokane because it's kind of it's an it's an enigmatic area where like certain bands do match their stats and then other ones have great stats are like up and coming they're getting all this attention and then like no one here knows has never heard of them yeah it's so weird but i've i've had I've booked people on tours yeah. where I have them open for me. And same thing, like, because in reality, the only basis that you currently have as to whether or not somebody can sell a ticket is, is who is, fo- how many people are, mm-hmm. how many impressions are they making mm-hmm. online? Mm-hmm. And uh, they can't sell a ticket. You well, like, it's really about the engagement weird. because it's like, are they a playlist artist right. or are they. Right. Uh, are fans actually following them? Playlist artists are not real. I mean, because I get those bookings too, where it's like the agent tries to really sell this guy. It's like, he's got 3 million plays on this one song, but then he has like 2000 Facebook likes and Mm. it just doesn't, doesn't connect. It doesn't connect it, which means that like, he's just, they're getting on these playlists. So people are hearing the music, but they don't know the name of the band. They're not following the band. They're Mm. just, if the song came on, they'd be like, Oh, I've heard this before. Right. But they wouldn't actually know. God, that must be so... How has that evolution been and that science been as a promoter? Because I really only deal with it as a touring musician for acts that I would bring on, like, the road. Or I would, like... One for your own music, too, a certain degree. Like, paying it... Or do you not worry about those things? Um, No, I only worry about ticket sales. Yeah. Like I don't worry about I don't worry about record sales anymore. I don't worry about like charting. Do you I don't worry, worry about the quality of the the performer that you're bringing on? Yes, for sure. I, I worry about quality of the performer and can they sell tickets? Yeah. And um, because that's the only to me that's the only number before COVID came along and, and farted in my mailbox. <laughs> Uh, That's a bummer opening of the mailbox right there. It's worse, dude. What happened in here? Um, before COVID came along and squatted in my <laughs> Just do FedEx box. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was trying to, that one wasn't as good. Yeah. Uh, Stick with the original. I'll edit it out. Um, that was the only tangible number that seemed to mean anything to me. If you go to a market and you don't sell any tickets, it's horrible like if you're the if you're the name on the marquee you i've never been so embarrassed in my life than to like take a check from a promoter when there was nobody in the venue versus like if you release a song on spotify and nobody listens to it it just goes to the ether it's just on some like Hmm. hard hardware farm out in the middle of nevada and nobody cares about that one and zero anymore just disappears whereas like if there's tangible human so being. interesting because so many artists i feel like are the opposite i mean obviously people ticket sales are huge but i think a lot of people when they release new music if it doesn't get traction 
Yeah, I mean, it sucks. Like, it's yeah. not fun to create an entire album and then it'd be like, you know, Jules, you go and you do an entire, you write a whole script and you pr produce the, the, the movie from top to bottom and you hire actors and lighting grips and you get in catering. You got catering, and you and you got Tillamook singles, not craft singles, bro. You spent Whoa. that money. Yeah. And then heart. you release the movie, and like it gets a hundred and fifty views on YouTube. Yeah. You know, like sure. obviously, obviously that's frustrating, yeah. Yeah. but um, ticket sales are the are floating the boat though. Well, that's just because that was my revenue stream, I guess. Like right. if I was making legitimate money from streaming, then I think it might be different. But um, which maybe you could if it wasn't so messed. But maybe that's also why you do... I mean, your last tour was sold well in every market, didn't it? Mm, let me think back. There was probably a few Ohios in there that didn't really work out. But what is that <laughs> like? What's Ohio. the percentage of that? those rooms that aren't sold? Like, I mean... I don't it's know, not Steve. Like you could answer this a little bit better than me because you haven't uh, blown all of your brain cells out. I'm like just trying I to have. think like practically because I know you sometimes get you're very critical you're very critical and like have very high standards you want every room sold out which totally makes sense like that's the highest bar but like you're I don't think any sh I don't remember any show being undersold do you Steve No we sold out a lot of the shows Yeah yeah that sh that tour and the previous tour were the highest selling tickets But it's just so interesting I'm not going to name the band but I have a good friend in a band that is very they're like Spotify darlings, you know, like they get really good streams mm -hmm. and their last couple tours didn't sell, didn't match the sales. So I think there's yeah. a kind of a disconnect you don't, with a lot you of don't, bands. Yeah, you, I don't think that they're mutually exclusive. I think that you have to go out uh, and pound the pavement as right. a musician yeah. and prove to an audience that every time you come through town, it's going to be fun and it's going to totally. be a good show and it's going to yeah. be exciting for them to pay money to. So do you think that there's something, sorry, I'm not, I feel no. like I'm taking over no, this interview, do. but good. <laughs> please do. Um, Julian doesn't ask me these questions. <laughs> He's just like, yeah, why is my relationship all messed up? <laughs> <That's true. laughs> we can talk, we can talk about that too if we want. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop <laughs> apologizing. I feel bad. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, I think your last album did incredible. Like, I don't know if the stats measured up to Talk what you wanted. Talk to my wanted. label rip. Yeah, sure. <laughs> 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 might have a different story. Yeah, but it's never, it's never good enough for management or Seriously. labels or whatever. No. Music industry because they still sex. think that it, it works the way it worked 30 years ago. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't. Okay, but I want to go back to my question okay, before sorry. I forget it. So it's like you, you know, I mean, and we're talking like the rooms you were on your last tour were like over 500 cap mostly. Most of them were about 15,000, would you say, Steve? <laughs> about 15. About 15,000. Yeah. No, I think the average, um, the average was like 1,000. That's yeah. incredible. Okay, so you have that. And then like, I guess my question is like your fan base are they primarily consuming your music live? And is that part of why you sell so many tickets? Or, like, where do they consume your music? Because if you're not getting the Spotify... Well, so, I'm just always perplexed when those things don't... Yeah, like, I've, they're not mutually exclusive, but also, like, when they don't line up where they should, like, what's going on? So I heard this... I had a uh, meeting with... Uh, I'm not positive what she, what she was at iTunes, but she was... 
she was high enough up to get me like Fiji water instead of like some BS like small nice. stuff like a Lacroix. You know, she yeah. like brought in options, which makes me feel like she had she had some. Pull. Fiji is the most expensive bottled water. It is. Yeah. It is, and it's the tastiest. Um, shout out to Fiji if you want to sponsor the podcast. Um, <laughs> she she said something that really made me think a little bit deeper. She says there's musicians who have lean in listeners. And there's musicians who don't. Like, there's a lot of passive listeners, specifically in, like, easy listening music. Like, R&B music has overnight just become an easy listening yep. genre because they, they've realized that in order for, to get those playlist plays, they've got to be hopping off at Barnes & Noble yep. on some, like, playlist just going over and over and over right. and it, over again. It can't be the song has to fit within that vibe. Yeah, it's the reason why metal music will always sell thousands of tickets continuously, right? Because those are lean-in listeners, right? Mm -hmm. Those are guys that take their headphones into their room and they listen to the entire album top to bottom they memorize it and then they go to the show mm -hmm. whereas there's a grip of, uh, of and they probably buy the vinyl too they buy whatever, the vinyl yeah. they buy the fucking weird ass t-shirt that scares grandma at easter <laughs> they like paint their nails they do the thing you know right yeah. that's a lean-in listener and um as a as an artist like those are the those are the type of listeners i want mm -hmm. to have like l l people who will i don't dude a, a play is a play, but if you can take like a play on Spotify and um, other things can come of it, and the only tangible thing in my personal opinion, now granted, I think if you're selling records, like selling records and streaming are completely different things. Yeah. If you're selling records, then I would, I would uh, connect that to the same thing as a ticket sell. But I've never really sold a lot of records. Um, or streamed a lot, but I've I can uh, sell a ticket, or I did until until COVID came and uh, don't do it again. Damn it! I want to get one. I want to have a good one. Damn it! You ruined it. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes sense. It's just so interesting. There's no the more you try to figure it out, the more you just realize like it's so different for every artist. You know, and, and everyone's career, and also just because it's one way right now might mean the next yeah. record or next tour you do is going to be totally different. Exactly. The target constantly moves. Yeah. Um, Would you rather sell 1,000 tickets in a 1,500-cap room or sell out an 800-cap room? Sell out an 800-cap room. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, that, uh, I think that a sellout always looks better. Than playing a big, bigger venue. Than playing a bigger venue, yeah. And I think, now granted, I'm not a promoter. You could answer this question better. But as, a, as an artist, I've always felt like turning people away at the door is better for uh, your perception oh, yeah. in a market than underselling a room, even if the undersell is higher than right. the step down. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because the venue could be losing money on a thousand tickets. Sold in a fifteen hundred cap room, but they're going to be making money on an eight hundred exactly. sellout. Exactly, you have to think too. Like, and this has only uh, entered my perception in the last probably five years. It's not just like what they guarantee they're going to pay you as an artist. It's also the bigger the room, the more security, mm -hmm. the more bartenders, the more oh like my gosh, yeah, higher the rent. Soap they got to use to scrub the floors when they're yeah. done. Yeah. Um, so there's. 
the incurred costs are just bigger, you yep. know? You're, um, so yeah, I would think, although like the 1500 cap room is probably going to have showers and like rarely is More there, amenities. rarely is there yeah. an 800 cap room across America that gives cares dick about the artist and like right. put a shower in, you know, but, um, well, again, it's just smaller scale and less money. Exactly. So it's not necessarily, I would say from a venue owner perspective, it's right. not necessarily that they don't care dick. <laughs> it's just yeah. that they like maybe don't have the resources to maintain a space that has that those kind, kind of amenities. Yeah, I kind of talked out of my asshole just then. Calling <laughs> so, I'm sorry. God, I apologize, <laughs> Alan. I just, farted, I just farted in your mailbox. <laughs> I, I, can we shut this off for a second? We need to talk about this more. Yeah. <laughs> can I talk to you over here? Um, uh, um, so you both came to the venue side, Carly, you were a musician, obviously you're a singer songwriter. Um, you toured around for a little while as a youngster that would have been like your early twenties, mm -hmm. MySpace days. Mm -hmm. Do you think, sorry, caveat, do you think that they'll have like a, you know, they used to have like, or they still do like BC AD, right? Before Christ, after death. Mm, with do the pandemic. Well, <laughs> that's face. one, but oh. like, do you think it's like, yeah, BP? AP? I don't know. Like before, media, before pandemic, after pandemic, or BM, before MySpace, AM, after I definitely MySpace. think MySpace was more pivotable. Pivotable. Pivotal <laughs> yeah. than the pandemic. Whoa. Dude, I don't know, man. I if, this don't know thing, if this thing doesn't That's straighten debatable. out in a few months, we are going to be eating saltines, okay? You got a nice cold <laughs> brew when you came in, and let me That's tell you. That's true. Lagunitas is really treating me right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you 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 were a singer songwriter. You traveled around, um, toured for for many years. As uh, you know, this is always a question I have to any um, female that tours, mm -hmm. and this might come off. I don't want this to sound sexist in any capacity, but um, I definitely would agree. You could uh, you could tell me to shut up or not, but a, a woman's experience touring is probably different than a man's experience right how was that experience for you i mean touring i think i'm a pretty low maintenance like woman i guess mm. and i especially during those years i didn't really shower that often <laughs> kick ass <man. laughs> so i think that i didn't and i liked it was all very diy for me which i liked it made me feel like I don't know, maybe there was a little level of, like, arrogance in it that, like, I can do everything. You mm. know, like, I can be one of the guys or whatever, mm. which could be problematic. But I think, you know, being a female artist is another level of, like, uh, there's just things you run into that I don't think guys would ever think about, like playing a guitar, having guitar, even just having guitar pedals, like, draws so much attention from a certain type of guy. That is just like huh. really annoying. Oh my god! What do you mean? Like after or before shows, like when you're setting up. Yeah. I mean, like just the way that men talk to you <clears throat> when you have a like an electric guitar mm. or an amp or anything, you know, like. What did that one guy say to you after the show? Oh my gosh, I've had so many stupid things said to me. I can't even tell you. That was not reg regarding my my technical setup, but he was like, "You're just." It was an older man. It's always older men, but. You're just one sunrise away from coming out of your shell. He said that to me after a sh after a show, which was like very much like a oh you just didn't think that that was very good, and but maybe I could be good in the future or something. I don't know. It was like Weird. the weirdest, a wow. lot of backhanded compliments, but like 
sound guys usually are just like expect you to not know how to use a microphone, expect you to not know how to like, you know, they just try, they just lots of mansplaining and lots of like, yeah. Well, why would you, so what would you, what is your expectation on what a girl's, it's fine, um, experience (laughs) would be like versus yours, Alan? Well, I don't know. Because that's why you asked asked the question. Well, when I first started playing, there was so few, like, it it almost was like, and I had a friend even tell me this, which I rolled my eyes, but, like, there was at that time, I think, a benefit to, like, most of the shows I played, it was the only female that would step on stage. So, like, there was a benefit to, like, I could put on a cute dress and, like, stand out. Like, there was an element of that, I think. I don't think it made it easier because then you also just get this, like, insane, like, perspective coming back at you like how could you know how how to do anything right you know yeah i think uh, i don't know we're creatures of very limited uh capacity to understand the world around us and so we categorize things right so that we can understand them and that we you know our brains are worthless man. well and growing (laughs) up i literally had never bonnie Raitt was the only musician i had ever been aware of that played guitar and then Jennifer Knapp. I grew up in a Christian home, oh my so she was like bombs, dude. I haven't heard that name in years. My absolute yep. hero. I, f- I discovered her when I was like maybe junior high, early high school, oh, and it changed my life. I was like, because Bonnie Raitt was like, I'm, I knew I was never going to be that kind of like a talent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like she's just the queen. So she's a queen, yeah. But Jennifer Knapp was like more accessible to me. It was like she was kind of alternative and played acoustic guitar, and like was just kind of this level of like. And, and that's when you talk about representation. It was like this person that I, I was like, oh, I could play music like that. You know, like it kind of made me feel like music was more accessible. Where prior to that, I was like, only guys play guitars. I really thought that growing up. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, I've, uh, I can't imagine how I've <laughs> thought about this recently quite, quite often um, is how annoying it must be too annoying as a as a female to have to ward off attention from men and uh you just said like the perception of most human beings who would show up prior to the venue being open and help out with like mic cords um aren't gonna aren't gonna stretch too hard to like maybe evolve their perception of like your capability right? right um I didn't even think about that until you just said it, you know, that you're treated differently as as a female on the road, just even by the personnel of a venue. Totally. Be- and that's on, honestly sometimes the worst. It's like they should know better, I feel like, you know. Like the venue chose to book me as an artist. There should be some level of understanding that I know what I'm doing. But, like, you come into the space and the sound guy has, like, the opposite of respect. Well, and I've, even in other areas of the music industry, especially the smaller touring music business, um, whenever we've had, like, female sound techs or tour managers come through the space, they tend to be more on guard, too, when they come in, because they just expect that they're just going to get a lot of bullshit from Uh, the venue Oh, yeah, and as an artist, you develop that, too. You go into spaces on guard. I mean, you just expect especially certain age group of men, like over 50, Mm. like that they just aren't going to understand. They're not going to automatically believe that you belong there. Wow. Yeah, that's, um, 
one we had a guy it was and i'm gonna say his name because i don't fucking care the oh, <laughs> guitar player it. from television the band television the original oh, guitar God. player from the band television came and played the bartlett and i was standing out front in the bar it was like a separated the bar was in the front and the venues in the back i was out front in the bar i was managing the bar at that time but i was out there with scotty caleb's brother who was working for us and doing production and he saunters over. I mean, he's probably in his late 60s, I think. And he was like, oh, you must be the waitress to me. Mm. And it was just like, we all just kind of stood there and we were like, and I was like, I'm actually the owner. Oh, man. <laughs> but it was just like the weirdest, but the most typical, you know, like, yeah. How did he respond to that, to that uh, knowledge? Was he, he wasn't embarrassed? No, no. He'd been saying shit like that his whole life. Yeah, probably. we were on... Um, we were on this karaoke tour. Me and Jules did this weird karaoke. We did it at the at the yeah. Lucky You. That was our first so show. So much fun. It was a rager. It was <laughs> super <laughs> super rage. And uh, both Julian and I gained about forty five pounds yeah, between the both of us on that trip. <laughs> but what venue were we were at? The Cutting Room in New York City. Uh, yeah, well, that's we did. We went there. About, but do you remember there was? <laughs> Dude, I'm throwing him, throwing, throwing him bones over here. He's just swatting him. Where down. were we did at? Did you guys Where have a fight that? earlier? Do you need to work some stuff no, out? No, I don't or? think so. Did we? I don't think so. Um, I'm there was a there was a waitress at this venue that uh, I forget what I asked her. I asked her something, and it uh, I think it kind of came off rude, and. Um, I did not intend for it to, to come off rude in, in any capacity. I forget I forget what it was. Oh, I said oh something God, yeah, like, I remember. like over the mic that might have came off in the wrong light. Mm -hmm. And I, I had to set a puller aside and go, look, I kind of feel well, like... Well, you said something about what, what her from that? on stage? No, no, no. Oh. Like, I think she had asked me something... I'm, I, this is a real great She'd story. Ask you, well, she asked if you like wanted something else. We don't. I, we don't know the full details of this, so it's stupid to even be talking about. But yeah. Anyway, so something I, I, condescending. I, yeah, I think that without meaning to. It, it wasn't condescending, but it came off condescending, and yeah. her response to it was like, "I was glad she actually threw some heat back my way mm -hmm. because that let me know, like, oh, what I said potentially is offensive." Right. And I had to pull her aside, but I think I'm saying that to um, impart that. Uh, I am um, I'm overly cautious going into a venue because the last thing I want is any. I know that like the band that I'm potentially going to tour with is coming through that same venue in six weeks, yeah. and if somebody, if I piss off anybody, the bus boy, yeah. if I say anything wrong, if I leave like the dressing room in the wrong light, like word travels so quickly in this industry. Oh, yeah. Well, but also are, you don't want to be, a, I mean, I know you, no, you don't want to be a jerk. Like You can get a reputation instantly. So though. fast. I, I, I <clears throat> adamantly do not want to be mean. Yeah. Okay. Let's, I do not want to be mean in any capacity, but part of the reason why I don't want to be mean, right, is because it's going to negatively affect yeah, me. Yeah, you're a professional. Yeah. Yeah, but like in the entertainment industry, it's so easy to not be an asshole. Well, you oh, know? So exactly. You just like don't, right. you, if you do, like, it's so easy to be revered as an asshole if you make the wrong moves, but you don't, it, but it's also on the opposite end, very easy to not make the wrong moves and just be like, all you have to do is be polite, 
kind and, and generous to the people that you literally that's for. all i would hope for from yeah. bands coming through yeah that's yeah. it and then you get bands that just are assholes and you're just like right I don't, i'm not gonna book you again yeah like seriously. what's the point of this well and that's right. kind of the history of rock and roll too though isn't it that like you're kind of supposed to be like that Right, the, to have the this ego attitude just kind of, and yeah, like, yeah, it's, overrides. It, historically, you know, you're supposed to trash green rooms and like that's the cool thing to do. That shows that you have power or whatever. Shows that you're a dickhead. <laughs> right. I mean, now I think I'm glad we've moved out of that. I mean, because yeah. the music industry has literally <clears throat> fallen on its face. Well, and, and I so just you think like get away with it. Nobody in this industry is making enough money to deal with this <laughs> bullshit. Right. Yeah, yeah, because COVID came along and sneezed in our Seven <laughs> Up. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you keep going. That was a good that one. That was pretty good. Thank I liked you, that thank one. You, thank you. I'm here all week. Well, yeah, that was how it felt at the Bartlett. It was like, and even at Lucky You, it's just like, we don't have to book you. You know, like, it's a small enough club and we get enough, like, inquiries to fill the calendar. We don't have, like, there was a pretty well-known indie band that played the Bartlett and flipped Caleb off during their set while he was running sound. And we were like, we would never book this band again. Well, and we then don't they have to. proceeded to... Uh, shake up their bottled beer and spray it all over the monitors. I'm just like, why did you do that? <laughs> why you do that? All right, so here's a question that? for you guys, for for all three of you guys, since you're well, you're all, you've all been artists, but you've also been owners of of, of uh, venues as well. So like, I haven't what, been an owner, of right? Venues. I know, but okay. but you kind of do now with your live at the lodge. Like you're, yeah, I definitely do not own the lodge. <laughs> No, but you're no. inviting people yeah. into a space. But it's another one of it's... Dan's buildings. That you... <laughs> <laughs> you are responsible yeah, for yeah. the situation. Yeah. That's true. Go ahead. Sorry. Are, ask your, are, ask your are, are the artists or the audience typically the people who are causing the most problems? Mm, good question. Depends on the genre. It totally mm-hmm. depends on the show. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is it like is it generalizing to say it's a it's a genre though or is yes. that it's I mean, easier yes, but, it's, but, yeah, but it's true we have that's why it's a generalization. Sure. Okay, yeah. so so then let me add this is a this is a truth moment. We're more prepared for the audience though than we okay. are for the so bands. So what right. what genre of music typically is the hardest to deal with? I guess I don't know if I want to say. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I can tell you what the best ones are. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I mean, honestly, not, well, I don't care. We don't care about that on sixty minutes here. <laughs> no, it's. I, I mean, mean, we don't have to sit here and shit on. Country genres is and music tough. And, yeah. Country oh, in this yeah. area is like really pop, tough. Well, pop country and m- yeah, more less like um, alternative country or like classic country kind of stuff, but more yeah, like pop country. It just draws in a, a kind of entitled crowd that wants certain things. And if you run out of Coors Light. Oh, dude! It's over. riots. <laughs> I ran out of uh, I ran out of Kokanee. Um, Kokanee. <laughs> last episode of Live at the Lodge, dude, and Steve almost flipped the desk. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, that that one, so, and then sometimes sometimes hip hop. Honestly, like it has been. So we've had some difficult shows. Just depends on the artist, but um, yeah, it can be tough. But I imagine it's from it. it it's not just subject to one genre either. Like every no, like yeah, Alan's totally style right. of music can have awful no. people. No, no, no. It's of so them. feel good. Honestly, it's like not really specifically Alan's. Right, no, people. but like more like the more feel good the music, sometimes the yeah, it just like it's the better. Yeah, turn people out are of just people a great in a great happy. mood, and yeah. I don't know. I would say that those like the shows with like the young hipster indie band. 
that gives off the just like I don't care about anything. We're talking. We're singing about partying. Oh, one of our that. worst shows at the Bartlett was. What's that band? Um, they're kind of like lo-fi, two-piece. Remember, I had to like kick people out. The of White that Stripes. Show. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, more yeah. low-key. Who was that? It didn't make sense for the sound of the yeah, music. Yeah, it was like at s- all. it's such a sleepy. It's like bedroom pop. Mm. And it's so sleepy and like mellow, and it drew the worst audience. So I guess what I just said is not true about genre. <laughs> but the, the, our, but our, again, we're prepared for the the crowd to be like that, mm, right? You know? but like I, we have security, we have these things in place, right. we have rules around it where it's like if they do this, they're out mm-hmm. or whatever. Can, can the, you typically expect that the genre and the artist will be one and the same? Not necessarily. No. No. What was the, have you ever had a contrast? Like the coolest band that just, I've met a lot of musicians who the the persona that is just out in the world is so corny or so mean or so fratty or like you name it. You would think that this person is like, super lame and you oh, meet them yeah. and they are the gentlest like right people coolest. typically think that together about me. pangea yes yeah, together pangea they're like a um but they're a burger band out of la like all their songs are about like sex and drugs and like just, just partying and what is what are, i mean they're very very like obscene lyrics you know just like kind of they push the boundaries do you and, think you could give us one of those lyrics carly maybe just give us an, an idea song? of what we're I mean, dealing with here. A lot of songs about like being too drunk to fuck. Like that kind of stuff. Whiskey dick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got my whiskey dick. <laughs> That's country. It was like the, the, the like problem. the garage rock version of that kind of music. Okay. Um super cool. Guys but were just the sweetest. Oh. Sweetest. Most gentle, like we're just kind of homesick and like bummed out and like these teenage girls would not leave them alone. And the one guy was like, I just really he miss just my cat. cat. <laughs> no. And I was like, and it, but their music it's is like so part, yeah. like they party every night kind That's of a vibe. But Do like they party they just, every night? Well, not that night. They were missing that night. They were just like kind of looking at cat pictures on their iPhones, just scrolling. But that was the that was one of the things that I always remember that as far as contrast of what you imagine people being like. That's so interesting. Do you, do Steve and Alan? Do you guys see a lot of uh, audience members in at your shows who are assholes and kind of rambunctious beyond like a level of of like Steve? You you were a bouncer for a long time, um, and so you know who you're looking for when, when people are kind of getting yeah. getting crazy. Did you see those types of people at your guys' shows? You'd probably be seeing them more than Alan would, but... I don't watch Alan's shows. I'm in the green room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drinking runas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude, he's, eat, he's eating all my white cheddar Cheez-Its. Are, do, you guys have, do you guys have rowdy crowds ever? I've been to a lot of your shows, and I've... You're I've, talking to me? I've typically... Yeah. I've been, um, like, the rowdiest guy at your show yeah, bro, for a lot of years. You're absurd. Out Sometimes of control. I, yeah, several, I am out of control. Several times at my shows, I've, like, been mid-song embarrassed <laughs> by my friends in the audience. Especially you and Styles. Like That's when you, so not surprising when you were yeah, When you were drinking, so I would be hard. in the middle of the show just, like, tr- trying to stare you down and just shake you off. Like, <laughs> yeah. stop doing what you're doing. Oh my what God. you're doing is really not it was because you would see the people around them right because yeah. <laughs> i get a bird's eye view yeah. of at least people like at least people that are two people away from you which you can't see totally and they are so irritated 
in of, not <laughs> anymore, sure. not well, anymore. No, but like well, there were points yeah, no. in our in my probably like in our early twenties, you know, twenty three, twenty four. We'd be playing the crocodile or something. I'd look out in the audience, and Styles Bentley was just going ham, and I would be like, uh, um, visually embarrassed. Like people could tell you they're like what's going on with alan up there like he seems bothered i mean luckily yeah. nobody knew that i knew him right but uh <laughs> but yeah just be like bro you gotta cool it it's just too hard to get to that place in in your in your shows now because it used to be where you would have 200 people at a concert and we would push our like we would be there first because we would load in with you and then right. we'd be there and we'd just be so stoked and we would just be so drunk and high and just getting after it <laughs> so hard and alan would just be like dude i'm trying to make a good impression here on the <laughs> yeah, like, and we were just going so hard and so, so as as you evolved uh obviously the crowds got bigger and it became harder and harder to like get our way into there just and it was just like i remember like doing it like pushing people like because I felt like this sense of entitlement to like, you and you're know, also like, why way. aren't you guys partying? Yeah, why aren't harder? you guys dancing yeah, hard? Yeah, why aren't you guys yeah. like <laughs> raging and sweating as hard as I am? Like, this is crazy. Come on, let me set this example. They only like my and slow people, tunes. And I noticed that people would, yeah, <laughs> totally. And I would notice people would be like, like, but not like aggressively, like tell me anything. They just be. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like, get, get off. I love me. concert I etiquette. Would, I would yeah. think. Steve, and you can touch on this as well. I would imagine that the audiences that come to at least my headline shows are very considerate, very mm-hmm. kind. Um, I've only had one fight ever break <laughs> Between out. yourself and an audience <laughs> member. <laughs> yeah, no, no. In DC, one time, uh, some like a fight broke out. Did I stop the just, show just, in the middle just, of the show, just, Steve? You just called them out. Basically, we're just like, hey guys, let's. You settled it down. Oh. No, but something happened. Something happened on this last tour where I stopped the music. Oh, I remember. <laughs> Sorry, somebody got engaged yeah. like right yeah. mid song, and I was see- saw it happening, and I was like, "We can't. We just stop." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, granted, all they wanted was so to get was engaged positive. to that song. Yeah, you oh, it for and all you the stopped it. <laughs> I stopped it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was in Orlando. It was so awesome. Uh, this young couple. Uh, got engaged in the middle of uh, this song consider me and mm-hmm. it was and i could see it bird's eye view and that's so sweet. that was a common thread we had like five or six <laughs> you just yeah, start changing the lyrics while you're playing it yeah. like, i did yeah i put wait their, you really had five or six people get engaged at shows yeah not like at the same time like different shows <laughs> yeah you're not just looking <laughs> around like <laughs> The newest version of Flash Mob is just Engagement Mob. It's just like there's a Facebook invite group where you guys want to just go Engage Mob, the da baby show. You set yourself, you set yourself up. You set Got yourself Carly. up. Got her. You set yourself up for That's that good. by by writing that song because even when we went and did the karaoke tour, that was a promotional building balance tour mm-hmm. for his album. And Consider Me was one of the songs that he sang on that. And there was a, a the sweetest boy that reached out to us and was like, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to like Cute. propose. And man, he like really went 
so in to try and like arrange it with us. Just like, dude, of course, for sure. And it was like an karaoke party. I'm just not into that energy. Hey, hey, why didn't you propose to me at an Alan Stone concert? (laughs) Maybe you still can. It's not a fan. Second chance. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. (laughs) Yeah, Um, you're not a fan of Alan's music. Oh, (laughs) I was like, he's not popular enough for me. (laughs) I need Dave Matthews. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't sing about pills enough. Um... (laughs) uh, God, what was the question I was going to ask? Yeah, uh, have you guys ever experienced that? Um, people getting engaged on stage at any of your shows? N- no. I think it happened one time at the Bartlett. Oh, wait, as musicians? Or Either. At, at Just any venue? situation. Because literally every day, I get a, every day I get a DM about somebody wanting to propose on my stage. What do you have to say to those people right wow. now who are going to listen? Leave me alone! <laughs> <laughs> no. No, 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 it's like it's it really can, sweet. It can work. It can. It can, <laughs> can you sing at my wedding? Seriously, every day there's there's um, at least five or six. Can you sing? At, can you show up to my wedding and sing? How much would you charge for that? You, nothing. I'm already married. If you got remarried, nothing. I'd come to, to rage. Thank you. You guys came all the way to Australia for my give the wedding. figure. Give the figure I will, for a rando. I will officiate. I will officiate it and sing Ooh, the. Let's get remarried. Okay, we're doing it. And I will also. I will also <laughs> provide a dowry yep. of yes. half a honeysuckle lamb. Ooh, dang. Mm, Steve knows what I'm talking hmm. about. Um, for a random person, hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, thousand dollars. Hundred thousand. Scouts honor, dude. No problem. Easy. Do you know Smart. how? Do you know how odd it is to be at somebody's wedding that you don't know? Yeah, it's. Do you weird. know how odd that is? I've done it before. Oh, it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you've done it before. I've been there. Do you know what a green room at a wedding looks like? <laughs> We played this. Uh, oh my gosh! We, we played, played this event this in Sandpoint this weekend. It was like a really fancy um, dinner. There's like no COVID restrictions. People in play. Pay, people pay like oh, seven hundred and fifty dollars, like a a seat, to be at this dinner. Wow. And we were just like background music, like playing as quiet as possible. Mm. And then it was like we were like, so do you guys have a place where we can like hang out when we're not playing? They were like. Oh, there's like a spot over by this building you can stand. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, hey, and then uh, it was also got a Toyota Handlander. <laughs> it was like a five course dinner, and we kind of expected that there would be food for us because we had to be there for like no seven hours. Way. Wow! And they were like, you? "There's, there will be a charcuterie plate." But it was for the entire wait staff also. This was this weekend? And then the people from the organization kept moving it around away from us. Like we would have to go find it again because we were so hungry. <laughs> now let me ask you this. Are these are these types of gigs Who's ones that build the deviled eggs? Are these types of gigs ones that build character for you? You just over them and hate them. And we were, just like, we're above you know this. What? We don't it's not this. you don't even hate it anymore. It just is it exactly funny, what it is. Yeah. And yeah. we got paid and not a hundred thousand dollars, but like, um, made some money. We also were just hanging out with our friends this weekend, so yeah. it kind of it was, was actually fine. The, mo- really the 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 gigs where you get paid the most typically are the worst ones. Yeah, in like every corporate level, gigs or something mm. like that. In every level of touring, right. uh, the best shows are the ones where you make no money. Yep, mm-hmm. and yeah. same in the and they. World. The worst shows are the ones where you get paid up the yin yang, mm-hmm. and it's worth it. Yeah, and if Worst you want me to come play your wedding, that's great. I'd love to do it. It's gonna be at least a jaguar. You have to buy me and Steve a jaguar, and we'll <laughs> come. Because they're like, 
So um, I listened through your entire catalog, and I made you a set list that times out perfectly for this event. So if you could stick to the schedule. Which is, no, honestly, listen, it's fine. If I say yes to a gig and you've booked me, yeah. then I'll do whatever you want, for sure. But, it, but, um, but uh, yeah, I, I say that in part because um, it's tough. A lot of people ask me, can we, I want to ask my girl on your stage right. to get married. And like... It's, it's, um, man, if it works, it's really a great moment totally. in the show, but it's such a cliffhanger because mm-hmm. right. like, I can't what ask her, no. I can't ask her pre- like I have, to, yeah. you should see the threads where I'm like, just, I make him send me pictures of the two of them. That it's not like, like a weird her engagement ring. Yeah. Like it could be the third date. And I'm setting up this poor girl to be embarrassed in front of a thousand people because she's like, look, dude, I just like, I, you don't even have my Netflix password yet. I'm not going to marry you. Um, so <laughs> yeah. that's just like an odd, the, the whole wedding love thing is, it's an interesting uh, universe. Well, that, and then it also takes effort for you to make sure it works and like make sure that it's real. And then if it isn't, it's. Time yeah, and then that it's you also, really don't have to oh my be spending. God. And then it's so much effort for my good friend, Mr. Steve Libby, to like find the people and make sure they're at the Do you do follow-ups like a year later? Like, how you guys are doing? Are you still married? Yeah. Now, there are, the a few, there are a few people. That we, have some, we have some close friends that got engaged at one of our Troubadour shows. They're like, I'm like proper homies with them. They come up to Stone Family Field Trip. And, um, That's awesome. They're great. We see them all the time. But, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I might just be... I might just be past the the point of allowing people to get engaged on stage. We had um, a weird, we we had yeah, it's just I don't I don't it's tough. I'm using uh all Alan's social media accounts now, so I'm going to go in there and tell everybody that I'm coming myself. <laughs> <laughs> pulling my freaking jeans off and getting butt ass naked and getting up on stage and ripping it off. <laughs> ripping it off. Great. <laughs> Watch I out. see nothing wrong with this. I don't see anything wrong with that either. Yeah. You know, I've been talking. Some people just like say something nice to Alan on on the Instagram, and I've responded <laughs> myself a couple times because I, I don't know if he will or won't. He might. I barely check. But I my just Instagram. say I just I just like give a heart. You just bursted so many bubbles oh, out there, man. I'm yeah, so... dude, you ruined so it's much. It's still a special. It's still, wow. It's, it's still, still as So special. all those DMs I've been sending Alan. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, People last so week thrilled, you were man. texting me as him. Yeah, yeah so. that's right. You committed yeah, he, to my what, wedding. What we're realizing is that Alan just doesn't do anything. I'm just, I'm just uh, speaking on behalf of him from here on out. So if you text Alan, if you get a hold of him via DM. You'll never really know if it's him or not. It's going to be me. Oh, I just I just great. sent a text to Alan, literally. What's that? I just sent a text to Brittany. Oh, great, dude. Sorry, Brit. Yeah, I think I was supposed to have a call right now. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, uh, yeah, I had another question that sort of just left the hmm. the, the tip when, of my tongue. When, when did you guys wind up getting married? How did this all happen for you guys? Through Like you said, you booked her through MySpace, and then yep. you were all hot and jazzed yep. about her playing. Hot and jazzed. Also cute, but you had a girlfriend. What, what went down there? How did you guys... How'd you guys connect and decide to make Should we tell the story a, of my first you, show at the Are you a homewrecker? Yeah. No. No, we were, <laughs> no, no, we were on our way out. <laughs> she was very offended by that question. That was a joke, Carl. I mean... <laughs> Whoa. Was it? Was, was, so you were, was so there you, something there? So y'all's <laughs> rela- <laughs> Sorry. So you're, Caleb, your, your relationship with the lady you were seeing at the time, it was kind of on the way out. 
um, Carly. Well, no, it wasn't. It was like I when I first so I first played. He booked me through MySpace to play at the the Red Room, which was the venue, and he was still in California. He had like come and got it set up, and then went back, and so. I showed up with some friends that I was on tour with and his sister was running sound and another guy. Shout out to Randy. Randy. What's Good up, Randy. Randy? Shout out. Randy, Randy. Um, and then this other guy was like running lights and I had played some shows in Tri-Cities like at this other more DIY space and um, this This was a very DIY space. This was, but it, when you went into it, was like when I, mean, I say DIY carpet. space, I think I'm talking like house show vibe. This was like a big room with like a real sound system. You know, it was like it was DIY, but it was like there was some money there. That's all I'm saying. Do you disagree? I was just making a joke. Oh, okay. So, so uh, the- anyway, so I show up at the show. We play the show. Like maybe ten people are there. It was like a terrible turnout, mm. and. It was just weird. It was really weird. And I'm playing by myself, just acoustic guitar. My music was like a little bit sad. And halfway through my set, or like one song in, these like mover lights start going. (laughs) And then the sound, I'm like playing pretty quiet. The fog machine gets turned on and like these mover lights are going. And this room, this like nearly empty room where like this person's playing very quiet music. And I was like, I like looked out at my friends that were like sitting in the audience and we all just kind of were like, oh my gosh, what's I'm happening? surprised the fire alarm didn't go off. Oh my God, dude. In the in the words of our incredible lighting tech, Mr. Carter uh, Dab Adams, when in doubt, fog. <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs> I don't know. In this particular situation, I would have not. But <laughs> anyway, so that was my first impression of like Ca- what Caleb was all about. Even though that was very much not, <laughs> just which is what? Fog, just like, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of like a he wasn't there, and so then I ended up coming back. I was like, okay, I'll give it another chance, even though that yeah, was why one did of the you weirdest shows. Because I was like, I mean, I at that point you were just trying to connect dates, you know, like you're just trying to fill up that sure, calendar yeah, on yeah. MySpace. So it was like, yeah, they and you guys had great salsa. The hospitality mm, is true. We had this the lady. Hospitality was perfect. It was amazing. She would make home cooked meals for every band that would come through. It was so good. Oh my god, Walkers. dude! Honestly, like the the greatest thing about any church community is that there's always some incredible cook in the community that yeah. will just be like, yeah, I'll just cook forty five meals. This Seriously, week and, and just Caleb's, give all the Caleb's food away. dad's church has always been like that. Still is like the hospitality is incredible. So I was like, well, I'll come back because it'll be like an awesome free meal for my band. Mm. And so I came back and that was the first time I met him. I can't remember what show it was, but, um, I was, was that the one with Kaylee? Yeah, probably. Or, or Brianna. Anyway, I met Caleb and his girlfriend that night and I was like, Oh, they're so cool. You know, like they're doing this thing in Trey cities, like very brave to try to do a venue here where there's not a lot of music community happening and, or people that care. About music. <laughs> there is a Chipotle, though. There now is now, yeah. There wasn't that. It's then. a big deal. But, <laughs> but then it wasn't until a year later I got a Facebook message from Caleb. And he was like, hey, I want to come to your show. I was opening for Damien Gerardo in Spokane that weekend. And he was like, I want to come to your show. Do you know anybody I could stay with? And I was like, oh, yeah, I can just stay with my parents. Because I was living at home with my parents. And we had a guest room. I really didn't think anything of easy. it. 
It was, yeah, it was just like. But you're like, but you're even your invitation for him to come stay at your parents' house. Like, that's pretty big, right? No, I mean, at I, that point. I, at that point, I still thought he had a girlfriend. I really thought I was like, oh, it's this, my friend from Tri Cities that wants to uh-huh. get out and like see another venue. I was like, mm. great, I'll be your host. Like, I love hosting people in Spokane. And five minutes in, he shows up at Empyrean and we're talking. I'm like, how's Katie? And he was like, we broke up. And I was like, immediately in my mind, I was like, Oh, there's going to be something between us. Uh, it was like instant. Would you have wanted? Would you have wanted that prior, like prior to knowing about his girlfriend and him? Did you? Would you? No, have I hadn't thought, thought like, of it, and that's totally my personality. I was like off the table. Yeah, and I was like, he's very like he has. When I first met him, he had a great beard. He's wearing like this cute flannel shirt. Oh. I was like, he's very good looking, but I would never oh, like yeah. think of past that. Yeah, Caleb. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, Caleb, um, as uh, as most as most men typically tried to avoid um, meeting the parents until several years into a relationship. How did it feel meeting them on the first night? Yeah. I not only met her parents, but her grandpa and Wait, my was, brother. And was all your my grandma there too? My grandma and my grandpa were there. So it was a whole Which experience. is funny because my family doesn't like come out to 100% of the shows I play. Like sometimes they'll come, you know? When you're opening for Damien Gerardo, they come, you know what I'm saying? They don't know who that is. Dude, my family, I love it. My fa- If I'm doing something cool, my family going to be there. Yeah. yeah. But if I'm playing the Empyrean, <laughs> nope. Like, oh, I'm sorry, something came up. <laughs> no, I, I'm throwing them under the bus. They, they're super supportive. But yeah, you're opening for Damien Gerardo, I'm sure. Where, where was Damien playing in town? It was at Empyrean. It was at Empyrean. Yeah. What? <laughs> it was a great show. The Empyrean? And mm-hmm. so I'm sitting wow. there. Carly's grandpa walks in. She introduces me. I didn't even introduce you. I didn't. Nothing was said. He like came up to you. Up to me, and he just goes, goes in for the handshake. I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't even know who I am. <laughs> and I. <laughs> <laughs> do tell and i hadn't even like told my parents like a friend was gonna stay with us or anything no one even knew that he i don't even know it was so weird uh i really liked your uh grandpa impression too there caleb because it was like it was subtle enough of the i know who you are <laughs> it was enough of that but it was also enough of caleb that, that it was a very good impression i'm i'm flattered thank you thank you um Okay, so you met the entire uh, lineage of Carly's descendants <laughs> yep. uh, on the first night. My ancestors. I guess I don't have any descendants you yet. Got the f- and, sorry, and you, your ancestors. And you, and you knew within that first five minutes that you were like, all right, cool. I'm, I just I, knew I can something. See that I was like, oh my gosh. I don't know. It was like everything flashed before my eyes. I was like, we're perfect for each other. <laughs> same thing? Same thing in your mind, Caleb? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we had so much fun that one night. Like we did. that first night, we hung out. Like we did all the Spokane stuff. Yeah, I, my brother's band was playing at Zola. I took him to the Baby Bar. Like, what year was this? All the spots. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. Probably. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows for Nobody sure. Nobody knows. I think it was the end of two thousand. And 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 just. One thing led to the next, and it just kind we of. We started happened. dating yeah, after that, much. and then I almost broke up with him. But then we. I was kind of depressed. In yeah, Tri Cities. He was going through a hard time. You guys were doing like a long distance mm-hmm. Tri Cities Spokane yep. thing. Yep. And yeah, when did you come up to Spokane? Kate? I moved here in February of 2010, and then we got married that summer. Okay, and so you came up here to, to 
have the work relate. Oh my God. To have the relationship work out. Like that was the move. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And, but you have family in town now, don't you? Isn't it? Yeah. My brother and sister-in-law are here. Okay. And they moved up because of you as well. Yeah. I mean, they, they were living in California and they had just had their first son and they were, they wanted to move up to the Northwest to be closer to family. Mm. So because we were in Spokane, they, they wanted to come, help with the Bartlett too and a lot of folk yeah. a lot of folk from California moving up here. I've been mm-hmm. meeting a lot of uh, mm-hmm. California folk being like we out. Yeah. Yep. We out. Um we welcome all different types of Californians over here in the Pacific Northwest. If you are a Californian and you do not like the tax rate, move to Idaho cuz Washington's isn't much better. <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, That's funny. So uh what's been the the most difficult evolution going from a, a two, 200 or 150 or whatever the cap room was. For all the, the listeners at home, um, when I say cap, that means how many people you can fit in the room. Um, going from the Bartlett, which was like 100 cap? 150. 150 cap to now moving to a restaurant slash... Uh, I would call it 400 people. You know, depends on the person, but sure. you you could f- I think squeeze 400 people in there. Um, what's been the weirdest, most challenging uh, evolution in trying to figure that whole growth period out? I think it honestly was a really there was a lot of relief to it because at the Bartlett we were always at capacity. I mean, uh, not always, but like we were in this weird middle zone where we're like, we weren't small enough to do like really small shows, but Mm. we weren't most of our like more well-known acts were selling out in advance. And so once we moved up to the bigger spot, it was like, Oh my gosh, we can sell 300 tickets, which like was such a relief Mm. and then not be like too crowded because we also have a, our, the fire department rated our capacity lower than it could actually be just based on the fact that we have limited bathrooms so we could fit a lot more people in the building if we oh that's weird had that but so i think for me i mean i don't know you could say just on the music promotion side it was just like it's nice because with the bartlett a lot of people would be like well i just didn't know if it would be sold out or not so i didn't come down like we got that a lot oh wow and so with lucky you it's nice because like that's not happening as much and so i think it it's just like people just know there's going to be space for them. We get a lot more people at Lucky You just like, what's going on Friday night? I'll just go down and check it out. Mm-hmm. Where at the Bartlett, we never got that. Yeah. The Bartlett was so much more like, I got my ticket. I'm going to see this artist. And so, yeah, the Lucky You has more of like a nightclub kind of environment. Uh Red. And we have so much more going on. I mean, you can get a great meal. You can get a see a great band. You can go in the basement and dance to a DJ, you know. So there's just more to offer. Right, right. You could go and see a band or a DJ prior to COVID fingering our French onion soup. Oh, <laughs> right. Anybody? And now, that was good. I like the, uh, oh, the alliterations you're working with. Thank you very yeah. much. Thank you very Wait, much. Wait, what's it fingering? My French, French onion soup. soup. Mm. Right through the cheese, dude. The best part of the French onion soup, just like boom, hole right in the top of Rude. the cheese layer. Can't hurt Rude. yourself. It's too hot. The one thing I have that I haven't liked about Lucky You is that it misses that intimacy that the Bartlett mm. had. Mm-hmm. But that since we've built that wall, it'll be interesting to see once we get events going again if it'll be more like that. Yeah, I can't wait to get in there and, and check out the space since um, Caleb's been flexing on it. I've heard that you guys have a... Big time flexing. You guys have an impeccable um, 
beanbag toss game in the uh, the old patty section. <laughs> is this a truth? Let's no, go play. No, yet. you um, don't. We will have bocce, bocce ball. ball. Oh, bocce ball, but my not till next summer. <clears throat> next summer, there's no games allowed. No games. There is no games no allowed games. playing out on the patio and no. stuff. If you're playing any kind of game, like even like I don't think they're allowing pool right now. No pool in Washington. So are you tr- are you guys like making decisions or are you just kind of following policies? Like what for your business? Like we're you, following like, the rules because yeah. you can get you'll just get right, shut down. right, right. But are there even decisions to be made, or are you kind of just like trying to survive and keep the restaurant open? And yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I mean, it's so a, you don't really have like ideas. It's a faster put in place death. For, like, what you do nope. moving forward? Right, like it's kind of a slow death to operate at limited capacity. Like we're gonna give it all we have, but it would be a quicker death to just close altogether and try to pay bills from no revenue. Right. So. What what would be the biggest help just to get more bodies in that place and eat food and well that yes. would be great but also there's a whole bunch of um, advocacy and fund raising efforts happening for venues mm-hmm. so NIVA National Independent Venue Association is is um, lobbying for Senate to pass a bill Chuck Schumer is actually behind it Amy Klobuchar. Um, to give specific funding for venues under a thousand cap oh, around cool. the country, so basically like independent venues, because a lot of venues over a thousand are owned by corporate right. entities. Live Nation. Um, Live Nation. So that's pretty cool. We've been somewhat involved in that, um, and then we're also a part of a regional effort um, that was started by Wanma, which is a Washington nightlife kind of advocacy group. And then they're starting. They've started another group, which I'm a part of, called Keep Music Live, that will be doing a big, like, massive fundraiser, f- like, public fundraiser, like, ask all your friends for five dollars, plus like going to like Microsoft and um, Amazon and like bigger corporations to try to raise money to save essentially Washington's small music scene. Um, so I'm hope I'm hopeful that over the next six months, six to eight months, we'll have some relief funding coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, what f- for anybody listening or anybody within the uh, the community of uh, the greater Northwest? What is the most um, tangible, uh, currently possible way that they personally can support you guys or uh, you know venues of your size, specifically you guys? That's 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 what. Yeah, I mean specifically us. Obviously the. If you're in town, just like ordering takeout if you're not comfortable coming in, but just like coming in and hanging out, getting a drink, having some food. I did it yesterday. Yeah. So good. It's such good food. Yeah, it's quality food, man. Really like the dumplings. So good. I hadn't had that spicy chicken sandy yet, and it was pleasant. So good. Yeah. It was a great, great chicken sandwich. Um, Well, where can people find you? LuckyLounge.com. Facebook.com slash Lucky You Lounge. I'm, on Instagram. I'm at my house a lot. Caleb is <laughs> has a really great Instagram feed. His personal Instagram is C Ingersoll. Give it a follow. <laughs> uh, you probably won't really stick around for too long. Stuff. but uh, He just did his first reel the give other day, Give it a day, shot. Guys. First reel of what? <laughs> the, you know, Instagram has reels now. Oh, yeah. What does that mean? What does that it's do? It's like them trying to compete with TikTok. Yeah, you so can, like, like, take a video of stuff and then post it. <laughs> well, what is that? What's the difference? <laughs> so you can, like, piece videos together, kind of like Vine, you know? Yeah, but do you Vine, Vine? Yeah, I remember Vine, but Vine wasn't piecing videos together. No, it's it was just, just like, 
it was just but a you can start it video. and stop it where with i don't Instagram, think anybody do really knows one. what reels are for but they're there now yeah. what did you do for you caleb made one so. i made one How did it look? um you'll have to go look oh, at it was great will, it was definitely it was me um just like it was kind of a a moment like i was having a moment and i was expressing that moment through the art of film mm. <laughs> i like this oh my <laughs> god dude um, i'm gonna watch it for sure i'm gonna definitely go give you a follow and oh, watch for all our, of your uh, stuff our friends at home that has been our interview with jj abrams <laughs> thank you for being on the podcast today um you guys thank you so much for uh being on the the podcast yeah. for cluing us into to what your world is like currently. Um, thanks for being community leaders uh, in this in this little uh, portion of America. And um, uh, come back, yeah. Sure. Okay, let's All right. do it. Like next Monday or next Monday or the following. Okay, great. Cool. Yeah, we got some. You got to drink move. all the tequila too, man. Yeah. Before you leave <laughs> yeah, we, today, we, we're gonna have one little nip. <laughs> um, thank you guys so yeah, much. Thank of course. you. We love you. Appreciate it. Love you too. Right on. Oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire Live at the Lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, patreon.com slash live at the lodge. lodge.